to do it this time oh fine oh baby i'm gonna come in with a backup cheers cheers all right i'm coming in hot today oh oh god i'm coming in hot i have a complaint a complaint i have a complaint it's about hot dads Hot dads. Hot dads. Why are we complaining about hot dads? Because, as you know, and some of you may know, I, my work, sometimes, mm. I see children. There are children that come into my work and they see me. And as they are children, they are accompanied by their parents. And all of the dads are hot. Uh, really? That's impressive. All, m- most of the dads are hot. Oh, God. And young. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. The problem is... Is the dating scene where I am is just absolute garbage. Tell Everyone on the apps looks like they like rolled out of a trailer with <laughs> a bed made out of shotguns and shoes made out of crocodiles. Right? <laughs> like that's all of the Tinder profiles here. Mm-hmm. You cannot swipe without seeing the inside of a fish. <laughs> like it's the inside of a fish. It's just <laughs> generally a fish. No, it is either straight down the mouth or they are gutting the fish. Like <laughs> It's ten times worse than your standard fishing photo. But all of the dads are hot. Where where is the middle ground between inside of a fish and married with children? But I think the problem is these are dads that are married with children that are not your age. They are my age. I mean, I think I meant the children are not your age. No, the children are not my age, but the dads are. Or at least yeah. within 10 years. Yes. Right? Like, the oldest of them are only 10 years, years older than me. Mm-hmm. Man. I also see a lot of children at my job. More <laughs> more so this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but none of them are hot. Very few of them <laughs> No! Oh, why would the children be hot? No! (laughs) Oh, the dad. (laughs) Did I not say the dad? You did not say the dad. I was sitting here like, no, the children aren't supposed to be hot. They're children. (laughs) You have to specify the dads. I meant the dads. I meant the dads. The dads aren't hot. No, the dads are not hot. Oh, that's... Well, how old are the kids? They're probably older than my kids. No, a lot of them are pretty young. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Right now, at my job, it's a lot of homeschooled families. Um, That's why the dads aren't hot. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, just kind of generally... I don't get a lot of hot dads in my work. Um, 
which is a shame. Um, it, actually, occasionally one will show up, and I'm like, that's that's impressive. Always with a wife in tow, though. Um, always a wife. Yeah, so it's not hot single dads. I don't think I've ever had a single dad. Hmm. That actually surprises me. I feel like that says a lot about like our culture, though. Yeah, probably is- this area is not a very single dad area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, how are you? <laughs> welcome to the podcast, welcome, episode two. <laughs> Starting off strong. I have more hot content unless mm. we want to jump in. Hmm. Continue. Mm. I have found. A new coping mechanism for mm. my depression, mm-hmm. which is just buying houseplants. <laughs> Girl, I thought you already knew that one. <laughs> well, so in college, I just overbought succulents, right? And they just lived on my windowsill and it was fine. Yes, I Not do Not terrible. There's one, two, three, there's six, seven of them. That's okay. That's a lot of plants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing one of them right now, which is not great. Um, but... And then the only other one I had, I only had one leafy houseplant, which is Martin. Mm-hmm. And then today... Martin is a monstera, for anybody who wants to know. Martin the monstera. He's very large. He needs some steaks, because he's he's kind of splaying right now. Yeah, he needs help. He needs a bigger <laughs> pot. <laughs> um, Good luck with he, that. He got two new leaves. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, off topic, you can cut this. Um, when I came back from Christmas... Mm-hmm. The first TikTok I saw was a girl with the aerial roots of her monstera grown into her carpet. And I was like, wow, good thing Martin doesn't have those. And then I went over to water him and there was a aerial root growing into my carpet. And I haven't checked on that root in a while. And the last time I checked on it, it was growing into my TV stand. Jay. <laughs> Is this because you haven't moved Martin back to his home? I haven't moved Martin back to his home. He's still in his winter home. Uh, he swaps place with the Christmas tree at Christmas because that's just, that has to happen in the yeah. winter. But um, he's still in his winter home. But so anyway, today I went to Home Depot. Mm-hmm. I bought three more plants. Was Camille included in this new yes. splurge? Oh, Jesus. Yes. There's a little one named Camille and I've named the other two. Oh, oh yes. Do update, please. So the other two are Pothos. Mm-hmm. One of them I named after yours. So his name is Harry. He's a golden pot. This is any golden <laughs> Listeners can try and figure th- if you can figure that out on your own. Lovely. If you can't, we're not going to tell you. No, um, <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> and the other one is Patty, because I wanted a name that started with P, like Pothos. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they are in one of them is in a pink pot. And one of them was in a green pot. And I was like, okay, the femme name I'll put in the pink pot and the mask name I'll put in the green pot because, you know, mm-hmm. let's do some assigned gender colors right there. Okay. And then I took a look at them today and I went, Harry's in the pink pot. Harry's in the pink Harry's pot. Harry's in the pink pot. Harry's in the pink pot. He has then, to be. <laughs> and then Patty kind of goes with green, like St. Patty's Day and Irish. And I'm like, nah, it's, yeah, Patty's in yeah, the pink pot. There you also, go. I don't, the green potted one looks more like a Patty. Oh, and the pink potted one looks more like a Harry. So those are my new plants. That's true. Yeah, congratulations on your new Thank plants. You. I'm really glad you named them because earlier today, granted, I have not named the Pothos that I've had here for weeks. The new one? Yeah. Um, no idea what to name it. Let me see it. Oh, God. 
Mike, like, Mike is tangled in it. Why wouldn't you pick up the plant? (laughs) I have only just started on the beer. (laughs) Elle just tried to pick up her whole laptop to carry it over to her, like, six-inch house plant. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. Gotta put on the headphones again. Is it a golden pothos or is it a different one? I think it's a golden pothos. I have qualms with Home Depot's plants, but look, look at this. This is upside down and it has been for, since I got it to the point where it's starting to grow the other way. Oh. Um, because it I, won't stay flipped over. I think its name is Archie. Archie? I'll do Archie. Do I have any reasoning for that? No. Just looks like an Archie. Do you need reasoning for that? <laughs> None of these plants were named with reasoning. No. Except Camille. Because that's just the name of the plant. Yeah. <laughs> and Harry had some thought put into it, although it was my no, thought. No, no, no. Like, the, the name on the tag that tells you what it is, it just says Camille. Camille. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay. Hey. That's, that's your name. It's like my dog. Came with a name. Just, <laughs> just came with it. Just came with a name. We had talked about changing it, but. No. Anyway, my beef with Home Depot is that that plant definitely came infested with some sort of, like, flies. Uh. Um, and also, there's, like, holes in some of the leaves. And I picked the nice-looking one. Yeah. Anyway. I actually Minor. switched out the pot to a nicer-looking pot with another pothos. Yeah, so. Yeah, my, some of my leaves are a little janky, but I was like, eh, those will die. Some new ones will grow. It's a plant. Nope. They're thriving. I Another time I will show you the state of some of my older plants. They should not be alive. They are. They are thriving. They're beautiful, beautiful succulents, mm-hmm. but with the stretchiest stem. Oh no. And okay, I'll go get one. No. No, no I won't. Because <laughs> no one can see this is not a video <laughs> podcast. This is not show and tell. Um oh, I just know take I need... pictures and we'll put them on the Instagram. Perfect. I know I need to propagate them. Mm-hmm. I am so afraid if I cut their heads off, they're gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I would rather it live as a slender and stick of a plant than risk killing this plant I've had for like six years. That's fair. That's yeah. really fair. Um, <laughs> I have two other plants and I don't know what's wrong with them. It is a basil plant and a mint plant that I bought at the grocery store and have now put into good soil mm-hmm. and like in a pot and they're both dying. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I think I overwatered them. I saw something about basil plants recently, about how they're, like, not meant to survive, but I don't remember anything else about that. I have had them that survived, like, quite a long time in that grocery store little Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could keep it alive in that, but I put it, I tried to be nice to it, and it's dying. What's that meme? What's that meme where it's, like, a potted plant, and it's, like... Oh, I have to have the perfect light and the perfect <laughs> soil and the perfect water. And then there's just a tree coming out of a sidewalk. Or like a dandelion coming out of cement. Like, ah, yes, cement. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. I, oh, <laughs> little housekeeping here. I realized when I was editing the last episode, I do the sound all the time before I start talking. You really? Before, like, every sentence, I had to cut it out. And luckily, the waveform, I learned it. 
I learned what that looks like <laughs> in a garage band waveform <laughs> because it was so irritating. So I'm going to try not to do that as much, but can't did, guarantee. Did I have any noticeable vocal tics? No, not really. I feel like my podcast voice is the opposite of my customer service voice, which is my customer service voice goes up three octaves. Of and course. I feel like my podcast voice goes down, down. a couple octaves. <laughs> Who cares? I don't know what I sound like. (laughs) Surprisingly, I think we both sound like ourselves, which is weird because I feel like every time I've heard myself on a recording before, I'm like, that's not me. That's because the way you hear yourself in your head is affected by stuff bouncing around in your skull and in your bones in your head. And so when you hear it like through the air, it is different. Mm. Mm. That's that, uh, that's that speech science degree. Yeah. Right there. Um, (laughs) $100,000 in DC for for that bit of knowledge. (laughs) I'm going to come back to that later. Oh, God, why? How does that come up? It's just funny. Okay. Mm. So are we going to tell people the premise of this 15 minutes in? Yeah. I mean, what's the point of listening to a podcast if you don't get the bullshit in the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) I realized when editing the last podcast mm-hmm. um, that we didn't introduce ourselves. Did we not? We did not introduce who we are. <laughs> we just went for it. Whoopsies. <laughs> so I figured this episode would be a great opportunity for us to over introduce ourselves. Okay. So we're going to talk about our birth charts or like part of our birth charts. Do you listen to And That's Why We Drink? No. You texted me this podcast concept the day, like like a couple days after they released an entire numerology episode. <laughs> well, I actually got this idea from another podcast. <laughs> um, Ladies and Tangents. I which love that one. I've told you to listen to a million I'm not, times. I've listened to a few, but I'm not caught up. Yeah, neither am I. I'm still in 2020 for them. But in 2019, they did an episode, or early, early 2020, they did an episode on horoscopes. And really, they read their birth charts. So not really horoscopes, but whatever. I keep burping. I'm sorry. This beer. I'm also burping. I'm just trying to do it quietly. Yeah. Uh... Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. When did Uh... you get that? (laughs) That's, that might be the issue. Um, so basically, my beer that I got is from our the local brewery in my hometown. And my parents brought it down at Christmas time. It's fine. It's <laughs> but fine. they bought it around Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I think it's fine. There's no expiration date on it. Let's, um, let's ask Dr. Google. Yeah. Um, it is a sour ale with cranberry puree. I'm a big fan of it. Oh, it's it a sour awesome. beer. It doesn't go bad. It's already bad. It is pink. <laughs> I love sours. Beer typically lasts for six to nine months past the expiration date on its label. I don't even think there's an expiration date. Okay, well, if the expiration date was the day your parents bought it, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's still good. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... It's a cranberry sour. Um, yep. It's bright pink. Cute. And, and uh, it contains lactose, so I probably shouldn't drink it. But here we are. Why? 
I don't why, know. why is there milk in your beer? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea why there's milk in my beer. I don't think okay. that there's actually milk. No, I just think I was it's about the to sugar. say I was about to say science people who know things about lactose don't don't tell me there's not milk in her beer. I know there's not milk in her beer, but it's funnier if I think there's milk in her beer. Well, there are such things as milk stouts, which I don't think also have milk in them. I could be wrong. I don't. I drink beer. I don't know anything about beer. No. no, no, no. Mm. I like dark beer. That's all I know about beer. Yeah. Which always surprises people when I say that because they see me, a woman, <laughs> and, and they're like, you like dark beer? I'm like, yeah. Well, <laughs> miss long- me with that Bud Light bullshit. For the longest time, people were like, oh, you should try light beer. Right. So I'm sitting here all through college drinking light beer and I'm like, beer tastes like pee. Mm-hmm. And then I went to like a real German beer place with one of my buddies and he had some like real dark bready beer. And I was like, mm. this is really good. It's like, oh, they're they're keeping the good beer from us. I want my beer to make me feel like I've eaten a loaf of bread. See, I can't do that. I don't have the GI system for it. So I like it, but I don't drink it. You know, I don't know if you've seen recently, there's a girl doing TikToks where um, she's done at least two of them, where she like personifies that single piece of white bread that people eat to (laughs) stave off (laughs) getting absolutely blackout drunk. Basically, I want my first beer of the night to be that single piece of white. <laughs> Why eat the bread when you can drink it and get drunk? <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> okay, okay. <clears throat> Our birth charts. Yeah, Our well, birth charts. first, maybe we should say, hi, everyone. Oh, right. I'm Elle. I'm Jay. <laughs> this is our voices if you don't know them by now um that's okay because every time there's a podcast with two people it takes me multiple episodes to figure out who's talking Fair. um i'll say i am a lady i use she her pronouns oh yes i do have in our instagram bio she her hers although technically if you're referring to us both it's they them that is how plurals have always worked. This isn't the mic that I'm talking into. <laughs> this is how plurals have always worked. <laughs> but I honestly, I had this discussion with myself. I was like, if you're individually talking to us, we both go by she, 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 sure. Her, she, sure. she, sure. she, her pronouns. Yeah. Um, unless you're my mother, then you just call me it. Fine. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's true. Um, <laughs> but then I was like, but we are an Instagram for two people. I just put she, her. I, I, was- I feel like we should specify that your mother, like, you're not trans. Your mom is not transphobic. <laughs> she's just being bitchy. Yeah, she's just a bitch. <laughs> like, this is not a, oh, no, like, Elle's mom is. No, no, she's just trying to be funny and not. I love my mother dearly. My mother is one of my best friends. <laughs> I love she... your mom. I miss your mom. <laughs> I get to see her. She's coming down in a few weeks. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I don't know what it is about this particular beer. 
Makes me burp really bad. The mold in the sour. You know what? I was going to drink (laughs) the half a bottle of Bellinis I have in my fridge. Mm. uh, But I actually think that got moldy. (laughs) So I pulled that out. That's gone now. I only opened it last night. If you ever visit me while I'm Mm -hmm. still living in this town, Mm -hmm. there is a kitchen store. Mm -hmm. And in the upstairs... What made me think of it? They sell Bellinis. They sell like ah. bottles of Bellini up there. Mm-hmm. But is there it the is a, like blue bottle? No. Oh. Um, they are like pink, red, or orange, depending on the flavor you get. It's mm. like a clear frosted bottle. Okay. Um, but there's a counter up there where you mm-hmm. can just try their liquor for free. There is nice. free wine tasting and free liquor tasting. And they sell like dips and breads, and mm-hmm. you can freely try all the dips and breads while you freely sample their wine all nice. afternoon. <laughs> it is my favorite store. <laughs> Perfect. You're walking around it's town. It's a nice little Saturday. You're like, mm, I'm gonna pop in the kitchen store and I'm gonna try three little shot glasses of Bellini. <laughs> I'm gonna try some cheese. Yeah. Right. Oh my god, incredible. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Twenty three minutes in. All right. Anyway, we are Ellen J. We go by she, her pronouns. We're going to tell you way too much about our inner souls, I suppose. Um, And when I say we're doing our birth charts, we are not doing the entirety of our birth charts because that is so damn long. And I honestly don't have the attention span for that. Um, Elle sent me the link and I... (laughs) typed in her information and then I went do I have to do math and do I have to read all of this and she told me no so I have the whole thing in front of me and I'm she's gonna tell me where to read from and I'm gonna read and I can promise you none of it's gonna sink in I'm just gonna blindly read it okay perfect well (laughs) exactly what you said, L, I don't know what I'm reading here. Do I have to do math? It looks like I have to do math. And I would just like to say, A, there were no numbers. There were so many numbers on my... I, like, okay, there were some numbers, but like, I don't know what math you were thinking you had to do. And then why on earth would I make you do math? I don't do math. We took math together. We nearly failed <laughs> math together. I don't know what you're talking about. I did great in that class right up until the end. See, I did good at the end, but actually failed the midterm. <laughs> Whopping 34%. This is what America's education system is getting, you guys. AP classes and a podcast. <laughs> You know, maybe it's the fact that we were overachievers in high school that makes us have a podcast now. Maybe. I don't know if I would call myself an overachiever in high school. You took more AP classes than I did. I took CP history because I didn't like history. I took CP history because I was lazy. I work in history now. It's kind of kicking my ass. The the only thing that I learned in my history classes was how to not lose in a fight. 
<laughs> There's a lot of fights broke out in those classes. You know what? Okay, this is such a tangent, but you got to see all the fights in high school. I saw none of them. Oh, I saw the aftermath. We're gonna have to cut. Some. We're gonna have to have a whole episode about fights. In yeah, okay, yeah. Let's just cut it all now. Anyway, back to it. Back to it. Um. Yeah. So I wouldn't make you do math. Now, we decided to focus on our sun, moon, and ascendant signs because those are kind of like if you have the CoStar app, that's what they give you. Like, I wish you could see the face I'm making. (laughs) It's like an astrology (laughs) app where you put in all your information and it gives you like a horoscope every day. And I have it. (laughs) I sometimes uh, enable the notifications. Most of the time I don't. They're really annoying. For point of reference. Uh um, The most time Jay has ever invested into horoscopes was reading the horoscope page in the back of a teen vogue in like 2007 maybe why were you reading teen vogue in 2007 Mm -hmm. (laughs) like almost 13 i I guess all right (laughs) well Anyway, if you have CoStar, it's like the three it gives you at the top. So I think it's kind of like the most important, but I also know nothing about astrology. Um, um, so you're going first? Yes. Um, well, first I want to ask, what what is your opinion? I know you don't know astrology, but what is your opinion on it? It's, it's, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to piss anybody off. Oh, it's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Okay, great. We're holding that ground? Yeah. We're holding that ground and losing all those listeners? (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) Last episode, I was concerned about losing the Bachelor Girls, but I feel like there might be some overlap here. But no, I think the stars having any kind of influence on who we are as people has got to be bullshit. Negligible. But I am the most Taurus motherfucker I have ever met. So, I don't know. I thought you said my moon was totally wrong. So Yeah, I, I read it and I was like, this is the far... You you can be the judge, but I was yeah. like, that's not L. Well, this is the other reason why I thought it'd be fun to do each other's. Because I remember two years ago, maybe even three years ago at this point, I did a huge tarot spread for you. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I thought it was spot on. No thanks to my tarot reading. It wasn't, I just read out of the book. But I connected it so well to your life. Whereas I thought you were a little like, uh. I don't even remember what it said. Couldn't tell you. I think I still have the screenshot of it though. All right. (laughs) Anyway. It's time. It's It's time. time. It's It's time. time. So you probably know that you are a Virgo son. I do know that. That's about it. That's what I got. Your sun sign tends to be the sign that most people know. It's the one that's based on the day you're born. I do have a necklace that's like the Virgo constellation. Because mm. I thought that was kind of fun. But yes. that's the most I've ever bought into it. Well, I have a necklace that says Taurus, which I did buy after watching Love Island this past year. And Millie had her Sagittarius necklace. I don't want to talk about it. I wear it and I love it. <laughs> Whatever but, makes you happy, babe. Yeah, honestly. Um, so I got 
like the sun sign definition from treeoflife.com.au. And basically, (laughs) you should always cite your sources. Um, All of the information that we're both using about our birth charts, though, is from Cafe Astrology, which... It will be in APA format in the Instagram captions. <laughs> if you start Alice... doing the Instagram Alice in charge of that. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the definition of the sun sign. And this is some woo-woo shit, okay? <laughs> some what? <laughs> some woo-woo shit. What does um, woo-woo mean? Have you never heard somebody be like, this is woo-woo? No. Ugh. Okay. Well, you'll hear it and you'll get it. Um, Okay. The sun is our ego. We revolve around the sun just as the planets do. (laughs) The sun is our basic identity, who we are at our core. It gives us vitality and light in the darkness. The sun shows us who we are learning to be, who who we are becoming, and who we truly are. The sun is our purpose, our path, where we put our energy in. The suns tell us how we leave our mark on the world. This pains me. That was woo-woo shit. That was woo-woo shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Now to actually say what um, Virgos are. And I've highlighted some things that I think are very characteristic of you. I'm ready. Okay. So it is rare to find the stereotypical nitpicky, exacting, clean freak in modern day Virgos. Although the sign of Virgo has evolved with the times, there are some unmistakable traits that remain. Virgo people are generally respectable, hardworking individuals who have a love of knowledge and know-how. Virgo symbol, the Virgin, shows itself in the lives of Virgos through a love of all that is natural and a certain purity of spirit that keeps Virgo self-sufficient and self-contained, at least on the surface. Virgos are sensitive to their surroundings and they tend to embarrass easily. They're generally reticent when faced with anything or anyone new. However, once they feel comfortable, they can talk of a storm. Many Virgo sons are not too comfortable in the limelight. These types are just fine living in the background as long as they feel useful and appreciated. Solar Virgos have a strong sense of responsibility. Even when they've convinced themselves to be irresponsible about something or the other, they worry about it. Not all Virgos are workaholics. However, when solar Virgos are not involved in some kind of project, there's generally a vague feeling of discontent. Even when their lives are filled up with work, they are restless and somewhat nervous creatures. The fear of underperforming is often strong. Virgos want to do things well. Some are exacting and thorough, and those Virgos who have convinced themselves to do a less than perfect job will generally feel incomplete. There's an odd combination of the intellectual and the practical in Virgo that is sometimes mistaken for coolness. In fact, Virgos are often (laughs) self-effacing and shy. They'll brush off your compliments quickly and sometimes critically, but don't let that fool you. They need your respect and appreciation. In fact, the happiest Virgos are the ones who feel appreciated and useful, add plenty of worthwhile projects to keep them busy, and Virgos can be some of the sweetest, kindest people around. Um, I would say everything... Everything except the neat freak part hits pretty solidly. Yeah, I mean, they were specifically like, you don't really see neat freaks anymore. But my standouts were the thing (laughs) when it says many Virgo sons are not too comfortable in the limelight. I was like, yeah, that's perfect for somebody who's in a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I guess out of like the limelight things, it is less so, but still. Um, <laughs> this also, this one was not my idea for once. This was your idea. 
This was my idea. Um, that project um, thing, man. That project thing. Here, I, this is I the other thing. I started on Beach Bash two days ago. <laughs> I know. You started weeks ago. <laughs> um, the other one was Virgos want to do things well. Some are exacting and thorough. And those Virgos who have convinced themselves to do a less than perfect job will generally feel incomplete. That... My thought was just to those pants you just made. Oh my God. When you were like, they have to be perfect. <laughs> so... For those of you who don't know, Jay just painted a pair of pants that she saw copying ones from Cider, which is a crappy brand. Don't buy from them. Um, like solidly, like some child labor shit going on there. Yeah, like AliExpress, Dropshipper, not great. So Jay made them for herself right <laughs> down to the minute before she was leaving on vacation. Yeah, they came out good, though. They did come out good, but you were so friggin' stressed. I thought I was going to have to like I... convince you to get on the plane. I think I put over 20 hours into those pants. You probably did. That was a lot of effort. Yeah, but that's that that's your Virgo. They look good. Mm-hmm. I started a new puzzle today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my next project. I think a good summary of me starting projects. Is I see things online mm-hmm. I want, mm-hmm. but I'm too poor to pay for them. <laughs> and I go, I can make that. <laughs> oh, that's my entire life. <laughs> well, mine's like, more of a challenge. Like when I was buying plants at Home Depot today, they didn't have like drainage vessels mm-hmm. unless they came with a pot. And right. The pots I have now um, like have drainage holes, but no disc. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Michael's Crafts next door, and I bought air dry clay, and I went, yeah, I can make some drainage, <laughs> some drainage pots of pants. What? It's a circle with the rim. I can make that. Yeah, that that I actually think you can make, although I hate pottery. I hate it, and I... Really? I hate making things out of clay, I and I had to do it quite a bit for my master's, and my professor was particularly like a pottery expert, he would challenge himself. Like, random days, you'd walk into the classroom and he'd be, like, working the pottery wheel with a blindfold on. Uh, Because why not? Because he's like, I just want to see if I can do it. And the worst part is he can. And it comes out beautiful. He makes these incredible, like, jugs and plates. One time I walked in on him and one of my, like, fellow students and they were discussing the benefits of plate bowls, which is an argument that I am wholly here for i was gonna say plate bowls are the best the best exactly but it was a very pottery themed argument it was great although we were all on the same side so i don't know why it was an argument i actually think that i would probably be pretty good at pottery if i tried my hand at it i don't Mm -hmm. know if you know this about me when i was in middle school Mm -hmm. i was a like decently talented miniature sculptor Mm. i did not know that where you know that like polymer clay that you would bake in the oven Mm mm-hmm I would make, like, miniatures out of that when I was, like, 11 and 12. I made, like, Mm -hmm. a piano and I made, like, a forest scene that, like, I mean, my mom still has them there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're not great. But, like, for a 12-year-old, it's pretty all right. Right, yeah. And I'm assuming you didn't, like, have a lot of practice before you started. (laughs) Because I feel like, as a 12-year-old, that's just something you start to do. Yes. You know, all Mm -hmm. that that Play-Doh and Model Magic growing up really, uh, really helped me out. Absolutely. 
All right. All right. So should I read your son or do you want to finish mine? No, read my son. Let's just All go right, through let's it. Let's pull it up. Yeah. Which I do know, like, my top three signs. I don't know much about them. I know I'm a Taurus sun moon and a Gemini rising. I think so. <laughs> Did Please. you ever see the bad lip? Was it bad lip reading or was it just a parody of Friday by Rebecca <laughs> It came out, like, around the same time as the the song. And the girl who's in the car and is like oh, doing the wave with her I did hand, see this. and they're like, "My hand is a dolphin." <laughs> yes, and there are just moments like that from internet history that I want to reference, but no one around me tends to know them. If you had just done, "My hand is a dolphin," I would have gotten it. But it's right. not even "My hand is a dolphin." It's like "My hand is a dolphin." <laughs> like it's that boy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Such a tangent. Sorry. Tracks. Keep it on the tracks. There are no tracks. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need tracks. <laughs> the sun is in Taurus. There is something very solid about Taurus natives, no matter what the rest of their chart says about them. Though they are dependable most of the time, this generally shows itself more in habit than in outright helpfulness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to insult you right off the bat there. <laughs> no, it's fine, but it's kind of true. Okay. Taurus natives are sensual folk, and this includes sex, but extends to pleasure in all areas. They delight in the sensual pleasures of food, a comfortable blanket, a richly colored aquarium to look at, the smell of flowers or spring rain, pleasing melodies coming from their stereos, and so forth. Some might even say they live through their senses more than most. When Taurus natives work, they work hard. They do it with a steadiness that may rarely be considered quick. Rather, it's a dependable, plodding, and steady effort that has its payoffs. Security is immensely important to Taurus. Some of them actively seek wealth, while others are content to be, quote, comfortable. The Taurus definition of comfortable may not be exactly the same as the rest of the signs, but comfort is definitely a driving force. Although hardworking... Their fixed and comfort-loving nature sometimes makes them appear lazy. This is only because they separate work and leisure so well. When they work, they work hard, and when they play, they don't really play as such. They relax. A solar Taurus who has kicked his or her feet up is rooted there. You'd be hard-pressed <laughs> to get them to move. <laughs> On a mental level, you'll likely have the same problem. Tar- Tarians? Stick yeah. with things and ideas, and therein lies one of the reasons why they are known for their stubbornness. Taurus is a fixed sign, and they have a fair measure of tradition and steadiness in their makeup that keeps them rooted. The possessiveness associated with Taurus shows up in all areas of life in some ways. Taurus like to own things, and sometimes people. Oh. Um, uh, um, uh, that feels uncomfy. I don't love that description. Don't love that. Um, a nice home, a piece of land, this can be modest, a paid-off car, that aquarium mentioned earlier, a couple pets, maybe a solid business. In love and relationship, there is an earthy kind of possessiveness that may be considered jealousy by some, but there is actually quite a difference between being possessive and being jealous. Taurus natives are rarely jealous and petty. They do, however, think of the people they love as theirs, and it adds to their sense of security. 
Like, this is what I mean about me being a spot-on Taurus, because I think there was a part where you were reading it, and it was like, a nice house or a piece of land. I have literally been shopping for both. Um, not that I can afford them, because I am not quite comfortable yet. Um, I want a pet, and um, I would love, I have a business idea that I would love to do that I can't do where I live now. So I'm just, Why do I not know what this is? I feel like I've told you about it. Um, I want to open a bar that is um, influenced by like historical cocktails and like also kind of a microbrewery. So oh, doing, that's fun. Like historically, like, I mean, obviously it's not going to be exactly the same, but we like know how ancient Egyptians brewed their beers. Like I want to make a beer based on that. Desert beer, desert beer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd love to own a business like that, but again, not quite comfortable <laughs> yet to not do yet. that. <laughs> it's okay. expensive. Okay. Tell me about my moon, Elle. Because we're, uh, we're 45 minutes into this. And, and I'm sure I'm going to cut a bunch. <laughs> I was going to say, and you're going to have to do the editing. <laughs> yeah. So, what the moon represents... Um, the moon represents our dark emotional selves. It's how we display comfort, how we display emotions, and who we are when we're alone. It's our instincts, how we react to situations, our sense of security. The moon is linked to the mother and child. It re- represents our inner mother and our inner child. The moon shows us how we protect ourselves. The moon is the mediator of both our inner and outer world. Some people find their moon sign best represents their personality. All right. <clears throat> this one's kind of long. You are a moon in Aquarius. Wow. Crazy. Which, weirdly enough, is an air sign. It's not a water sign? It is not a water sign. Um, Isn't Aquarius the... No, it's not the... What's an Aquarius? Um, It's an archer? No, that's Sagittarius. Um, It looks like waves. Yeah, but does it... The water bearer! I thought this was an air sign. Hold on. It says, well, it says symbol, water bearer, element, air. Yep. See? Told you. That's... Yes. Someone made a poor choice. Briar L. May on TikTok just did, in her series of, like, creating the zodiac signs as her god and Satan thing. Um, don't know if you follow her, but I do. Um, she just did it about how it's ridiculous that it's an air sign. Anyway. Moon and Aquarius people are extremely observant. They are lifetime students of human nature, loving to analyze why people do what they do. This also often stems from a detached, even shy personality, especially in youth, whether due to character or conditioning. Moon and Aquarius people often grow up feeling different. Although rather sociable, they're often loners at heart. Lunar Aquarians will do their best to be the most unique and unusual person they can be. Uh, their inner feeling of loneliness that they don't quite fit in puts them on the outside looking in. There is a very idealistic and progressive streak in lunar Aquarians that is admirable indeed. However, uh, when the moon is in Aquarius, natives often will deny the more irrational qualities of emotions, such as jealousy, possessiveness, and fear in an effort to be more above what they consider pettiness. <laughs> when this goes too far, lunar Aquarians can be emotionally blocked, distant, and detached. Lunar Aquarians are also very willful, especially in childhood. With age, they 
generally turn to handle their strong needs. Although given to temper tantrums and willful behavior in youth, Moon and Aquarius people will often grow up feeling that messy emotions are unappealing. They often pride themselves in being cool-headed, detached, and above what they consider to be more base emotions. In this process, they can end up alienating others and themselves. Interesting. Don't know how that works, but okay. This feels less accurate. Right? Which is interesting. The Um, number of times I have FaceTimed people full on sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here, Moon and Aquarius people are rarely flighty people, but they can be unreliable when it concerns the little things in life. Often this is simply an assertion that they're independents. In the long haul, however, they are rather constant as Aquarius as a fixed sign. As long as they have their own space and freedom to be themselves, however kooky that may be, they are trustworthy and loyal. Lunar Aquarians generally make wonderful friends. They make a point of leaving nobody on the outside. Many will fight for others' rights and crusade for equality. What may be surprising that Moon and Aquarius people have a lot of pride. In fact, when they've been attacked in any way, especially regarding their character, they can become inflexible and cool. It can be difficult to know just how sensitive to criticism lunar Aquarians are simply because they hide it so well. Yeah, so I don't... I'm given this 40%. Yeah. Like, there was one part where I said, where it's like, you love to analyze what people, why people do what they do. That That is literally your job. That is literally part of my job. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I said it's going to come back to that Uh, 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The beginning, the beginning was spot on. And then it went into like the emotional stuff. And I'm like, that's not, I'm like. I literally highlighted the part that's like. like It can be difficult to know how just how sensitive to criticism lunar Aquarians are simply because they hide it so well. I was like, that is not Jay. No. Not you. Because the minute, even if I'm joking and you're like in a fragile state and I joke about something like critical about you, because that's how I joke with people, you immediately start to cry. Oh my God, Elle hates me. It's over. My best friend is gone. I'm sensitive. (laughs) anyway i skimmed through a lot of that although (laughs) um there is listed some potential issues oh god with this part and it says she is eccentric with sharp mood swings complex love life those are some potential issues my complex love life with the hot dads it could be (laughs) it could be i met a dad today he was hot He's married. His wife is lovely. Nice. All right. The moon is in Taurus. Knew is that. somebody going to make fun of me for how I say Taurus? Probably, I but like, like let's I feel like be I have too much of an ah on it instead of an O. Taurus. Taurus. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from because I say Taurus. 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 Do you also say Taurist? Like, no, it's Taurist. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from. No, I think it's the AU in the word. Yeah, remember in French class, the A-U is an O sound. Au revoir. This is not a French word. I don't know, maybe it is. It's definitely, it's like probably Greek or Roman. I think it is Greek, actually. Oh, I'm I on the entomology. Entomology, etymology, etymology. Entomology is like bugs. plants, isn't it? Or bugs? bugs, probably bugs. It's from late old English from the Latin Taurus. All right, Latin. Nope, I do not say it right. It's Taurus. Google has humbled me. The moon is in Taurus. The moon is in Taurus. Familiarity is important to lunar Taurans. These people are earthy and strong-willed. 
They feel with their senses and they are pretty much rooted in their ways. They revel in material comforts. In fact, building a solid and comfortable home and foundation helps them keep feeling safe and content. It isn't wise to try to push lunar taurins into doing anything, but once they've made a commitment, they're persevering. There's a steadiness to this position of the moon that is comforting to those close to them. But the conservative streak in these natives can be maddening to more progressive personalities. They tend to go out of their way to avoid messy or unpredictable situations, crises, and emotional displays. Instead, they focus on creating a reliable and secure life around them. In relationships, lunar taurins may not easily recognize their partner's need for change, growth, or emotional stimulation. Moon and Taurus natives are generally very romantic. Their affections are strong, deep, and unwavering. This is where I think it's not you. Oh, what? You know what? That's you are not a lovey-dovey person. I think in my own ways I am. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't date people. The most affectionate you've ever been was when you were mad at me at Beach Bash crying that one time. You ran away. How could I be affectionate towards you? Because... It went from, I'm so mad at you, but you're my best friend. This can't be a problem. Remember when I locked you in a car to talk about the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) And who says we don't like messy conversations? Okay, their affections are strong, deep, and unwavering. They are sentimental and warm. Since Taurus is a practical earth sign, the placement of the moon in this sign suggests an ability to protect themselves and their own interests. They will rarely make a move without first determining that it is safe and that there's something in it for them. Generally, Taurus moon people have reliable instincts. They are very much tied to the physical world, and they often have a particularly well-developed sense of smell. Weird. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Relationships with people born with this position of the moon are often quite enduring. Many moon and Taurus people hang on to their mates, even in the face of serious conflict. Taurus is a fixed sign, so breakups don't happen easily. (laughs) Might be why I ghost everyone. But I feel like that means breakups do happen easily for you. Like, I feel like you're fine to kind of be like, I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're not, you're not holding on to loose ends. No. No. There is a serenity to them that is calming. In fact, it takes a do, lot to really get to What face did you just them. make? Eva? Am well, I not calming? The next sentence is, it takes a lot to get to them. Let's talk about your road rage. <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I thought <laughs> I immediately just thought about when I was in the car. <laughs> you will get mad at a rock in the road. <laughs> well, it's in my way. <laughs> I, one of my coworkers stopped to talk to me and um, a coworker that I work with all the time, he like works in a different area of our job and he talked to us for like 20 minutes, walked away and I turned to like, my coworker that works with me. And I was like, he's a terrible driver. He drives like a grandma. <laughs> you see Don't. And I'm always late to work when I get caught behind him. So I'm like, I know you're late to work too. <laughs> Do you see why I didn't think this one fit you so well? That's fair. 
Um, they are not the most adaptable people when their own routine is interrupted, for example. Though some lunar taurins might be considered anal, most simply have a stubborn streak that keeps them rather resistant to change. Rarely are they spontaneous sorts. Uncomfortable with surprises, these natives value stability. Their needs are strong, but quite simple at the same time. They love the good things in life. The world of the five senses is all important to these natives. Their love of stability and steadiness can make them slaves to routine. However, they are loyal and capable people. It's like, I'd give a little bit more than 40% for me, but there's definitely some standouts that are not. Yeah. That don't, don't fit, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) All right. Also, your, your moon in 11 tells you that you're a social climber. Am I? No. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I don't really think so. But it literally goes, she makes friends easily and uses her relationships to further professional success. That's really weird because almost everything else I've seen about Taurus is like, they're really slow to make friends. And that might be Taurus sun. So. I don't know. So your ascendant rising sign is how you present yourself to others. It is your mask, your approach to life. It combines your sun and moon, what you want and what you need. When people first meet you, they will see you as your ascendant sign. It describes how we take on life and how we identify our experiences. Our ascendant sign shows us how we project our goals and make meaning to our life. Okay, so fun fact. Your ascendant is Taurus. So welcome to the friends. (laughs) I'll get into that later because I got some fun facts too. All right. Okay, so your ascendant is Taurus. Slow, steady, and capable are adjectives that we can safely attach to individuals born with a Taurus ascendant. These natives have tremendous stamina and staying power. They're often quite loyal to those that they care about, although they generally don't come on strong. They have personal presence, they're, they, and they fairly radiate stability. That was a bit of a weird sentence. The sign on the ascendant generally reveals how people start anything new. Taurus by nature is resistant to change. It can be difficult to sway Taurus rising natives. They're often rather stubborn and fixed in their ways. Their first response are to feel things out, not in the way a Pisces might attune to their environment, but in the realm of the five senses. They have well-developed sense of smell and touch and respond to the material world. Theirs is a practical approach to life. Security is one of the foremost considerations before undertaking anything new. Taurus rising natives are often quite cautious and careful with a fixed sign on the ascendant. They are not known for their flexibility. Rather, they possess determined single-mindedness. More than most, uh, Taurus rising prefers the good things in life. Self-indulgence can be a weakness for many with this ascendant. Often collectors in some way, Taurus rising natives place a lot of value on their material possessions. Taurus rising individuals prefer to dress in quality clothes with a comfortable feel to them. They are rarely ostentatious in their presentation. Many have strong and sturdy physiques, often rather possessive in partnership. These natives won't easily break up their relationships. Although they are not particularly jealous, they view their partner as their personal property. Intensity and loyalty are especially important to Taurus rising natives. These are highly sensual people who prefer the comforts that a one-to-one stable partnership offers. Although Taurus rising individuals value harmony and calm, their partnerships may be on the passionate side. Taurus rising natives are often very comforting to be around. They have stability about them that is soothing and an inner harmony that is attractive. I feel like most of that was good, except the flexibility part. I feel like I'm decent at being flexible. Yeah. Um, what I was 
<laughs> what I picked out was that Taurus rising natives are often quite cautious and careful. You almost to a debilitating point. <laughs> like, I don't. I can't even think of an example, though. Man, when you didn't get the right leggings, you're like, this whole trip's gonna fall apart. <laughs> I. You need to be fully prepared how you think you have to be. I know. Prepared. I have to be so prepared. So, I also, like- I am like. I don't know if this fits more like with some of the earlier stuff or this, but I am like a very strict follower of the, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like no one else can do it. I'm just going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. And then the thing that I highlighted that is like, <laughs> that is not, I just thought it was funny tying back into those pants you made. They are really ostentatious in their presentation. I feel see I feel like that's accurate because it's rarely it is rarely I wore those pants to a setting where they were like in theme Mm -hmm. I feel like those are not pants I would just walk into work with that's fair yeah I'm much more of a walk into work in crazy pants kind of person yeah Um, I I am a big fan of a fun pant like I like to dress up but I don't feel like anything I wear is particularly out of sight no yeah but that's your rising all right let's that's your do little it. bit of taurus my little, my little bit of taurus you are a gemini ascendant or ascendant which is interesting to me i don't know what this means about me but i'll tell you hmm. those born with gemini rising see the world as a place to learn they are curious about the people around them Sounds similar to Sagittarius rising? Well, it is, but there are some important differences. While Sagittarius seeks to expand their mental and physical horizons in a broad sense, Gemini is mostly interested in moving about in their social circles. These are people who love to ask questions, to move around freely, and to mingle. Definitely restless and often quick in physical expression, natives of the Gemini ascendant exude air of impatience even if they don't mean it. In fact, there is a cleverness to Gemini ascendants that can intimidate some, especially sensitive folk. Their facility with words can be a wonderful asset, although sometimes Gemini rising individuals identify too much with their mental agility and forget in their personal interactions and communications to nurture the people around them. Can I help you? <laughs> Just, wait, where, what, where was it where I laughed? Um, it was like the last sentence. In fact, there is a cleverness to Gemini ascendants that can intimidate some, especially sensitive No, before folk. that. Before that? Yeah. Restless and often quick in physical expression, natives of yeah. the Gemini ascendant. <laughs> I was like, what I am thinking goes right across my face immediately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a certain lack of warmth and presentation can be the result, and although this style is generally a facade, it is not immediately apparent to most. Yeah. You got a little RBF. yeah but i'm proud of my (laughs) rbf people with for example predominant water signs may feel a little ill at ease with gemini rising people that is before they get to know them more personally while strong air types more fully appreciate the fun and cleverness of these individuals so this goes on to like an opinion piece where she says i have found two styles of presentation most common with gemini rising people Mm -hmm. neither of them are you Uh. one style is bubbly changeable talkative and a little quirky Mm-hmm. I would not describe you as bubbly. 
No, that's like my customer service yeah. voice. <laughs> Another distinct style is rather cool and intellectual demeanor. Mm. You could give that. I feel like you give that off to like strangers. Mm-hmm. Especially with your job. But I don't feel like that's how you like. Like, I don't feel like you carry yourself as like an intellectual when you're no. just like with people. No. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about anybody who's listening to this podcast ever thinking of me as an intellectual. <laughs> uh, I like this part. I'm going to read this one. I'm skipping okay. a little now. As children, natives born with a Gemini ascendant are often labeled as the intellectual, inquisitive, and perhaps odd child. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That one. That one hits right there. <laughs> Many feel their upbringing lacked some warmth. Gemini rising people often seek a certain amount of personal freedom and space. They enjoy intellectual debates and exchanging ideas. Although they often demand a fair amount of freedom, they are often just as willing to give their partners room to breathe. Most of that fit, except for yeah. those, like, opinion piece. Yeah. But, oh, uh. So, I did a little bit of extra work, because okay. I love giving myself homework. And I found some fun facts about both of our signs. Let's, let's hear them. They're not very, like, big. I did look up compatibility. Heck yeah. Because um, that's really what we all want, is just to know who we're, who we should be friends with and who we should hook up with, right? <laughs> have you, speaking of, have you been getting the TikToks that, just keep talking about TikTok today, where girls, I suppose guys could do it too, but I don't think guys care. And non-binary people absolutely anyone where people are trying to sleep with all 12 of the signs i have not seen this but i'm i do scientific experiment i don't generally care about astrology or the things astrology people are doing mm-hmm. i will follow that to the grave <laughs> i want to see how that goes right i want to see if this actually works out anyway i want there to be graphs i need oh numbers. there's a spreadsheet and yes. a rating system incredible please send me these Next time I see one, I will send you one. Your girl, your girl don't care for astrology, but she loves a spreadsheet. <laughs> There's, do you, do you also get the guy who has the rock saga? No. His neighbor thinks he stole. Okay, so it's this lawyer and he's got this really like gun toting neighbor and the neighbor thinks that the lawyer stole his rocks from his garden <sighs> and like is bringing the lawyer to court over this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that guy came up on my free page and I should probably look up these people's names, but I don't care. Um, like I don't, I can't look up things on TikTok. I don't it's know. It's so do hard to look up things on TikTok. But anyway, this guy, the lawyer, was like, I came to TikTok for the funny videos and whatever. I stayed because of the Excel spreadsheet tips. <laughs> Amazing. Like, anything with Excel. You can. It's true. You really can. Um, anyway. Compatibility. 
Okay. I think generally the most compatible signs for Virgo friendships and romantic relationships are fellow Earth signs. Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. As they'll match their grounded nature. Um, Air signs like Libra and Aquarius might be a little too flighty for Virgo's tastes. While the intensely passionate fire signs, Sagittarius, Leo, and Aries tend to clash with level-headed Virgo. And then for me, generally the most compatible signs for Taurus friendships and romantic relationships are Scorpio. Yes, sometimes opposites do attract. Virgo. And, and Capricorn. What's up, Earth signs? And of course, fellow Taurians. Taurus folks tend to clash with Leos and Aquarians. Leos crave adventure in the spotlight, which can annoy super grounded Taurus. Likewise, Aquarians tend to be a tad too independent and predictable, unpredictable is this, for Taurus. Is this why we hate the same people? Probably. <laughs> and then, okay, a couple more. I thought this was funny. <laughs> hold, uh, hold what you have to say until I'm done. Mm-hmm. Virgos are well known for being picky about the food they eat. Most of the time, they want the same thing that they describe in detail. Many people may dislike their habit and feel irritated when they are together for a dine. Basically, you could just blame the stars on your <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> your yeah guys, um, I know, I know I'm a vegetarian and I'm lactose intolerant and I have IBS and I have to be gluten-free, but like, it's the stars' fault. <laughs> Is you blame the stars? I won't go to Longhorn. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "This bitch can just blame the stars." I think it's so funny because I have two moods. I have guys, can we please pick a restaurant I can eat at? I can't eat mm-hmm. at this restaurant. I can't eat at this restaurant. And then there's also, yeah, they got a side salad and fries. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there's no in between. There's no in between. It's like, I need to go to this, like, vegan, fancy, like, mm-hmm. everything is oat milk restaurant, and nah, man, give me the fries. And let's get the gravy. <laughs> I can't have gravy. I know, I have the gravy on the side. Yo, somebody made vegetarian gravy once. Yeah. It was weird, but good. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, mushroom gravy and stuff. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I'm not allowed to have mushrooms, but I do. But I do. I know. It's too hard to not eat anything. Yeah. Do you remember that one doctor that told me I was allergic to iceberg lettuce? Uh, no. Yeah, I had a doctor tell me once I was allergic to iceberg lettuce, and I promptly, in a very professional manner, was like, go fuck yourself. There's <laughs> absolutely nothing in iceberg lettuce for me to be allergic to. This water. Water <laughs> and cellulose. Water. <laughs> he was like, how, how well do you think you can follow the diet based on all of these things I just told you we were allergic to? And I was like, I can't. You just told me I was, he told me I was allergic to something in every food group. And I was like, sir, what do you, do you want me to photosynthesize? Like, photosynthesize. Like, I need to, he was like going through it. And I was like, oh man, like, I'm going to have to stop being a vegetarian because like all of these like different fruits and legumes, like I can't have. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, and you're also allergic to this meat and this meat and fish. And I was like, all right, well then. I'm just going to starve. Guess I'll drink water. Oh, I'm allergic to iceberg lettuce. It must be the water. He um he was a bit of a quack. I did not yeah. go back to him. That's probably safest. Yeah. All right. And then a couple other fun facts. The Taurus was first associated with the bull in 15,000 BCE. 
It's a lot of BCE. That was uh, the Stone Age. <laughs> so the bull constellation's been around for the Stone Age. That's pretty cool. And, yeah. And it was the first sign of the Zodiac established among Mesopotamians in the early Bronze Age. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then you, the Virgo, is the biggest Zodiac constellation. Huh. Yeah. So your necklace is supposed to be real big. It's like a whole ass chair, isn't it? No, that's somebody else. Cassiopeia is the chair. Sure. I'm the M, right? It's like an M shape. I don't fucking know. Do I look like I know what the stars look like? And then Taurus. I knew about constellations for like a minute there. Yeah, yeah. Cassiopeia is the chair. What does Virgo look like? Um, Taurus is the constellation with the brightest stars. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, Virgo's I can pick out like Taurus, a... but that's about it. Virgo kind of looks like a stick bug lying on its back. Yeah. Or if you connect more of the dots, a, a square with some lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question sure. for people who know more no. about astrology <laughs> than we do. Is I remember a couple years ago, everyone was freaking out. Probably more than a couple years ago. Probably like five years ago now. Mm-hmm. People were freaking out because they found out there was a new star sign. And it was going to like affect yeah. everyone's birth charts and like Mm -hmm. people who were one thing were going to be this new thing or something else and it was like a hot topic for a couple weeks and then it totally went away yeah so i actually know a little bit about that okay the 13th star sign comes up a lot like that was the first time it's happened it's one of those things that pops up every few years and stuff um so yeah it just it never nobody's ever gonna change it did the astrology people just decide, like, nah, we don't fuck with that? That I don't know. I don't know why it disappears and reappears. I think people just didn't want to... People just don't want to mess with the flow. Don't mess with the Although, flow, bro. people who, like, read this stuff professionally, they'd probably make a bunch of money because people who have already gotten a, like, birth chart read will want a new birth chart reading. Right, but everybody with their star sign tattoo... It's coming for you with pitchforks. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I would not be above a star sign tattoo, not gonna lie. I don't think I could commit to that. Are you worried about the 13th sign? <laughs> the 14th sign, Ellen. It's the 14th sign. It's coming. Oh no, not the 14th sign. <laughs> what happens? What happens when, like, never mind. This wouldn't work with how time works, but, like, when some of these stars die, uh huh, and then they're just gone. Yeah. But also, I think the amount of time for that to show up here will all be dead. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, like if the star died today, we would never not see it. It depends how far. No, away. I don't think it does. Like, unless it was the sun. Yeah. But then, what if one of them is already dead and it's catching up? Mm-hmm. But we would. Abs- that would have been a topic if we knew that already. We'll still probably be dead. We'll still <laughs> like, at least be. us. Yeah. We've got a while. A couple hundred billion years. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Star death is like... Space is weird. Space time is weird. Space time is weird. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Speaking <laughs> of space, though, I did buy the new Coca-Cola Starlight, and I'm scared to try it. Isn't it Taylor Swift themed? What? The Starlight Coca-Cola is like a Taylor Swift thing, isn't it? No. Wait, that's everything that's been on my social media. No. 
What? It's space themed because Coca-Cola was the first soft drink in space. Why are people telling me it's Taylor Swift themed? Um, I don't know. <laughs> but it's literally a collaboration with NASA. <laughs> what is the internet feeding me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to Google it and like... It's literally like space inspired. <laughs> Wait, yeah, literally everyone is doing videos of the Starlight Coca-Cola to Starlight by Taylor Swift. Well, that's probably just because the song is the same title as the drink. That would make sense. Wow. But yeah, it's space-themed, and it... People who have tried describing the taste is saying that's like Coca-Cola with strawberry and either cotton candy or marshmallow... That does not sound good. Right. Like, I feel like that's not what I want with a cola flavor. Right. But also, but I think before, they're wrong. We, before we get too far away from this, uh-huh. these are the dangers of the media machine. <laughs> really, honestly. Like, <laughs> like I, I was full on sat here thinking like, oh yeah, like Taylor Swift's got that deal with Coke. That's totally a collab thing that she's doing. Nope. Taylor Swift collabs with Coca-Cola. Well, she has a deal with Coke. Like, yeah, that is a thing. They might and be using her song in like marketing and stuff. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, 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 you were saying. I think they're wrong when they say strawberry for a very specific reason. Because I think it's raspberry. I haven't tried this, mind you. Because I looked this up before. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so they did a sample of. A big dust cloud in the middle of the Milky Way, mm-hmm. and there's a chemical in it, and this was in 2009, that's called ethyl formate. And ethyl formate is what gives raspberries their flavor. Yo. And it also smells like rum. So Ooh. space tastes like raspberries, smells like rum, and the color is cosmic latte, if you wanted to know that. I want to go to space. <laughs> I could do a total full episode on things I wish I could do that I never will be able to. We should do um, that. We that should. should be a podcast. But yeah, I would love to go to space and I'll never be able to. No. Because I'm not Elon a- Musk. Apparently the like lower barrier to entry for astronaut is very low. Yeah. Like the type of education and stuff that you need is like very simple. Mm-hmm. But then you have to do all the, like, actual astronaut stuff. And that that's what gets you. Yeah. yeah. I have a like, friend who was um, looking into being an astronaut for a minute there. Nice. And she was like, um, yeah, I mean, I, like, technically have a degree that's fine for it. I was like, yeah. but you have to, like, you know, survive space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then there's all those people who are, like, prepping already for colonizing Mars. Shut the front door. That's not happening in our lifetime. Oh, no, there's, like, a 19-year-old girl, she might be 20 or 21 now, that they're, like, prepping in, I think it's, like, the next 10 years or something to set these people up on Mars. And, like, they're going and not coming back. They're going and they're going to die within six months. Well, the whole point of this prep work starting now is so that they learn how to terraform. I, we watched that episode of Doctor Who. We did watch that. Where they had a colony and something went wrong and then it was... It's called The Waters of Mars. 
I like how Walter's killing them. <laughs> in this episode, we went from being astrology bitches to revealing that we're actually Doctor Who nerds. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Me too. But yeah, no, like their water was bad. And there yeah. was probably some like sci-fi alien shit in there. But I, I guarantee I also think they had found like they had drilled a well on mars so it was like martian water i, I think that i've only seen that episode like once or twice um so i think that was the problem they would probably not be digging a well no. now they'd probably be synthesizing water but also like the second anything goes wrong they can't if they don't have the repair with them there's an entire movie about this called The Martian. <laughs> it's on my list to watch. I oh just God, watched I just watched movie. Interstellar. I have not watched that one. I think I'm... it wait, no, there's like there were three space movies that came out one after the other. Mm-hmm. Gravity, mm-hmm. Interstellar, and The Martian, maybe. Yeah, that was those yeah. three. I'm Googling Interstellar to see if it's Yes, with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. That is the mm-hmm. one I just watched. My issue granted I have not seen Gravity. But my issue is, if you get separated from the ship in space, you're going to die. Yes. So I knew the ending of the movie. Yes. But I don't think that's how the movie ends. I, I haven't seen Gravity. I haven't seen it. Both but that's Gravity why I refuse to watch it. The other one, The Martian, are on my list. I highly recommend The Martian. I watched it on a plane. It was great. Is that Sandra Bullock? No, it's Matt Damon. I don't know if she's in it. She's in Gravity. She's gravity. I these three movies are all the same movie in my head. I mean, pretty much. They're not, but they're not. But, but it was literally like space name, title, movie, dramatic. Yes. One year, one year, one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I also apparently the Martian book is really good too. But I've I heard realized that. that well, I didn't just realize, but I have so many books I haven't read that I already own. That I need to sort that out first. My friend sent me a picture of us five years ago from her Snapchat memories. Mm-hmm. Um, that was us buying books at Barnes and Noble. I don't think I finished a single one of those books I bought five years ago. Solid. Yeah. It's like, good. I don't even think I have most of them here. I think they're at my parents' house. Yeah. So. All right. I think we have sufficiently gone off the rails. Oh, far far off the i think it's time to wrap this up yeah so what what question should we pose to the masses for for the end of the night um um maybe do you uh identify with astrology do you believe in astrology yeah we'll ask that so our question to the listeners do you have any faith or do you believe in your astrology uh let's not do faith <laughs> Oh, faith in astrology? Yeah. Okay. Not faith in general. I'm not getting I'm religious like, I don't with it. Get a religious. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Wait, what's our outro again? All right. This is Jay from about ten minutes after we actually ended the podcast and had to look up how we end the podcast and also what our Instagram handle is. So Elle's gonna push that for y'all real fast. Make sure you follow us on not too personal underscore podcast on Instagram and um, not too personal on TikTok. And I we don't have Twitter. <laughs> you were supposed to set that one up. I don't have Twitter on my phone anymore. <laughs> That's probably good. 
I hope for all you listeners that this was not too personal. Only a little bit. Bye. Bye. Sorry, I can't help you with that on Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Sing it. Sing it. Sing it.